Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. <laughs> I am uncomfortable with the <laughs> energy we've created in the studio today. <laughs> I just, we are talking about so many things that I find personally very sensitive to me. One, time. Second, yep. you. Third, <laughs> there's someone watching me record this. And something about that feels so, like, this is a team no perceive kind of podcast. A lot and of here. A lot of sacred spaces are being violated right now. A lot of <laughs> absolutely a lot of dark things are happening. He says as we are both just like looking away from each other and playing with fidgets. And just uh, desperately <laughs> trying to not make eye contact. Oh god, folks. Um anyways, this is so much fun already. This is a lot. Hi, welcome to Into the Being Perceived now, I guess. Ooh. Welcome to Into the Time. Oh, no. It. <laughs> it's Into the Tenet, baby. I hate this. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Just know, folks, that we are doing this simply because we love you. If it wasn't that we loved you, we would not be talking about time and also numbers. And also, <laughs> what is it called? Pincher movements? Uh, sorry, temporal pincer maneuvers. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Uh. <laughs> We are doing it, folks, because we love you and we know how much you love Elizabeth Debicki. <laughs> That's it. and we've made a blood contract to talk about most Robert Pattinson media. It's true. <laughs> so. You guys really shouldn't have signed that pact with the devil. Like I know, I know your guys' Spotify yeah, numbers have been off the charts, but it's like it seems <laughs> like it's not gonna seems like that's gonna come to bite you. I completely agree. Yeah. Was it really worth it? Who can say? Yeah. You know. I it feels very odd i must say to introduce you to the pod because you've been on here before i i have been on the pod sometimes against my will sometimes i'm just <laughs> called into the room and it's like now i'm a guest on a podcast for 45 seconds That's true. uh but this is my first time as a proper guest on your yeah. podcast so everyone say hi to chris He's here. Woo. We've had other Chris's before, specifically Villager's Voice Chris. Now, here's what I'll say, Christopher. I usually ask this question, and I'm very curious about what you are going to say to it. So for anyone who doesn't, <laughs> for anyone who has the audacity not to know who you are, Christopher, can you tell everyone who you are and what you do? I am Allie's boyfriend. Uh <laughs> Several years, and also professional Chris Nolan simp, which is why That's I'm, which why is why yeah, I'm here is. today. <laughs> Literally, one of the things we talked about the first time we ever met was about Christopher Nolan, and it's honestly fucked up. It's it's funny you bring up the first time we met because I was going to bring up how one of the first things we talked about when we met was how you had a Twilight podcast, and was how you. <laughs> Made me promise you to never listen to it. So yeah, here's the fucked up thing, folks. I told Christopher uh, the first time that we met to literally never listen to this podcast. He knows what we do by proxy because he mm-hmm. hears me screaming from the other room. Mm-hmm. 
And also that one time I recorded in your bedroom before we moved. But he has no idea about what we do on the show. I I will say, it's not that I don't have any idea. I've watched all of you. You made me watch the Fifty Shades. That's true. I have seen Mm -hmm. all of the Twilight films. That's true. I've... uh, I have experienced a majority of the media that you've covered. You made me watch Van Helsing. I did like, make I, you watch <laughs> I am an inadvertent third party to a lot of this podcast bullshit. That's really fair. Yeah, and it's it's just so glad that now I get to put my bullshit onto you. Great. Now you get to take some of it's the It's a weight. true, like, partnership it's, in this space. And I truly do feel this movie is worth... 350 shades and a van helsing like in terms of karma <laughs> oh, wow. sure sure i mean yeah fuck it i do like the idea too of because a lot of people are discovering us for the first time and doing and starting from the beginning oh which my I god that yes. idea but people are doing it and that's fine but i do like the idea of just someone listening to all of us from the beginning and just imagining like a lurking chris in the background of everything because he's always tangentially there he just never really made it it's true <laughs> you are always proper. there that is one of the things because again i have never listened to the podcast i have obeyed your wishes but the thing is i don't know what you've told about me to just the- a lot <laughs> to the space and so there's just this thing of like there's a mythos of who i am to a lot of people before we get too deep into your backstory chris how are you and what is a happy thing that's happened to you recently uh, i am doing pretty good uh it please is, don't look at me it is per- i'm gonna try and just make direct <laughs> eye contact as i oh, say no. this entire thing uh it's december 16th as we're recording this uh which means we are balls deep in the christmas season the and, christmas creep oh, yeah. is here and And honestly, something that has made it just, like, incredibly special and super nice this year is Allie got me... I didn't even know this was for me initially. She got, like, a wooden advent calendar that has, like, it's really, really nice, really ornate. It lights up with everything. Mm. It's not a nativity scene. It's just some deer. It's, you know. I was like, oh, cool. Advent calendar. Neat. Uh, But then on the first day, she's like, oh, take down the advent calendar. And then inside each of the doors is a little note with a reason of why she loves me. And then an associated present for every day. And so it's like Christmas is all month long. Because it's like, as a kid, I always deeply envied those Hanukkah motherfuckers for getting eight days of gifts. (laughs) And so now I get 24 days of gifts. And so I can finally, I beat them. All I'm going to say is And that's why I'm happy. I am a Scorpio... (laughs) And I don't have any feelings, and you are really calling me out for having a lot of feelings right now. It's incredibly sweet, and I know it goes against your cool brand. I have no feelings, Chris. I don't know why you're doing this to me. Extremely sweet. Um, also, we have to break down the mythos that Allie in any way has a cool brand <laughs> that's from this true. podcast. That is not. <laughs> I'm oh, just not rolling up having a Twilight Cullen <laughs> style with the sunglasses, with the fucking Ray-Bans. Like, that is not the energy. I just I just assume <laughs> that you are like the older sister on like the Wild Thornberries. It's just like too cool for oh, school, fuck. long hair covering <laughs> one eye. I just figured the that's the vibe. <laughs> the one who doesn't speak English and is yeah. voiced by Flea, I think. I'm just always yelling in gibberish and running around. Just a little behind the scenes about the advent, and then we're going to never talk about it again, is that I convinced Chris of why I was buying boxes and boxes of things, because I said that we were having a giveaway on our Twitter account. (laughs) And he fully believed it. Yeah, because it was just the sort of thing where all of a sudden all of these enormous packages came in from just like different Etsy sellers. And I was like, Huh, cool. And I never gave it another second of mine. I was just like, neat. 
moving on with my life. Oh my god. And, oh my god. Yeah. Again, not listening to this podcast has paid off for me in many ways. I agree. I completely agree. <laughs> That's great. I cannot believe you brought that up. We will talk about that later. Um, Cody, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing good. I am incredibly cozy right now. Fuck yeah. I'm drinking a nice tea and I'm wearing what I can only describe as the most comfortable jacket <sighs> I've ever owned in my entire life. How does it feel to be a cancer? <laughs> <laughs> I listen. Do I have this in three different colors? Yes. Will I be cycling them out the entirety of winter in Chicago, which is uh basically till May? Right. Yes. <laughs> like this is my truth. That's really fair. Great. Thank you. Um but my happy thing this week is that I officially submitted my first ever like critics ballot. Whoa. For the organization I'm in, and I'm feeling very fancy. How does it feel to be so good at your job? <laughs> Where did Tenet place on that ballot? Just oh, can it I It was nowhere, actually. <laughs> I went <laughs> It's so interesting, Chris, that you brought that up because no one considers Tenet a movie, I think, other than you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Chris, Christopher, I swear to God, I think Nolan just looked at you and was like, this is for my boy, Chris B, and just released it just for you. You're not far off from what I think is my grander point about Tenet. That's fair. Yeah. That's really fair. Listen, it's... if there was a category of hottest, tallest actress <laughs> in a film this year, Tenet would be on there. Yeah. Absolutely. But there was no such question, unfortunately. Yeah. Maybe That's next such a year. bummer. A tragedy. <laughs> I am doing Okay. What is a happy thing that happened to you recently? Oh my god. Oh no. So school is like a thing. So I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast before. I feel like probably, but I don't remember. Because if it happened anywhere between 200 episodes ago, I don't don't recognize it. (laughs) But I found out today that Jack Black's name isn't Jack. And I did not know that. And it brought me so much joy to know that there is a real Jacob Black out in the universe. Uh, oh. oh my god. Jacob. So his name is Thomas <laughs> Jacob Black, and he goes by Jack Black. The power, the influence, all I'm saying wow. is Thomas <laughs> is not at all in the realm of possibility of what I could have guessed. <laughs> when I think about the cultural influence that Thomas the Train had and also Thomas Jacob Black, it does kind of connect. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, but it did bring me a lot of joy to know that there is a, a Jacob Black out in the universe who isn't just being an actual asshole all the time. Yeah. Yeah. This is finally some positive Jacob Black representation. <laughs> finally. <laughs> like, <laughs> we really need it and I'm grateful for it and I appreciate it immensely. So I love that. Absolutely. Okay. Now I have told your Twilight story before, just in bits and pieces, but Christopher, could you do me the honor and give us your Twilight backstory? Yes, I can. So I grew up in St. Helens, Oregon, which as you know, is the place where they filmed a significant amount of the first Twilight film. I've heard of And virtually none of the other ones, something that my town is still very bitter about. Because the same thing happened to them with the Halloween Town franchise. They got played once and then they got played a second time. Those fucking suckers. <laughs> so when I was in high school, I have memories of my mom is a big sort of like, you know, pop culture, you know, fan person. So she would 
go out late at night and watch them film scenes from the fire escape of an old elementary school oh with like 20 other equally like cozied up fans of this franchise just watching them film the same take of a couple of guys in front of a car like a oh million God, times over and over again and like i i went with them once and was just like i don't like, hey, good on all of you for having a hobby, but I just cannot fathom why <laughs> someone is spending this much time watching people film a movie. Sure. Uh, so uh, as a result, anytime we do go back to St. Helens for various holidays, there's always just a little bit of a Twilight set tour. We've it's visited true. Bella's house at least once. At least once. Yeah. yeah. As well as the various law offices that were other <laughs> set dressings. Yeah, the law office that became... Yes. The bookstore. The uh, scene with the piano is my high school cafeteria. Something that they really do shoot around in that sequence. Again, it's a cafeteria, which does mean that right on the ceiling, there's just, you know, giant stains from either water damage or pudding. It's impossible to tell. (laughs) But also, probably (laughs) while they were filming that scene, I don't, I doubt... It's out of frame, so I doubt they covered it with a curtain or anything. On the back wall, there's an enormous mural of a lion that's just standing <laughs> majestically over some rocks. Sure. And so it's very fun thinking of them filming that sequence and just right out of frame, there's just a majestic Serengeti <laughs> totally just... clashing with the vibe. So wild that you just like lived in the place that people travel to now. And the idea and that people travel to St. Helens is always buck wild. And to the me. first time I heard that, because initially what I heard is that people were traveling mostly for Halloween Town stuff, sure. is that they were coming to see like, mm. oh, Old Town. And the first time I heard that, I was like, I've got to stop them. There's nothing there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very small Oregon suburb with uh, a one screen movie theater and a Taco Bell that shares a parking lot with a McDonald's. So it's like, that's nice. <laughs> but besides that, you go to the Walmart, you buy some meth, and then you're done. Like, sure. that's the whole city. So yeah, it's... It's been very fun seeing sort of the other cultural side of it. And sort of uh, now that I've given uh, my Twilight backstory, what are y'all's uh, backstories with Christopher Nolan? Oh, my God. oh that's a really good question. <laughs> oh, the tables have turned. Because I... ask questions on here. It's a lot of fucking audacity that you have. Because I will say, <laughs> I think I, again, self-proclaimed Chris Nolan simp, entirely is due to the fact that The Dark Knight came out right as I was entering high school. Same. And that yeah. is the sort of thing that it's like, saw that at that one screen St. Helens movie theater. And it was just the first time I realized like, oh, right. Movies fucking kick ass. <laughs> like, this is everything I like in movies. Yeah. This Christopher Nolan fellow sure is somebody I should pay attention to. And then fucking two years later, Inception comes out and it's like, okay, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be something I have to pay attention to for the next, mm-hmm. you know, That's however really many decades. Cody, what is your history with Christopher Nolan? Oh, God. I watched all of the Batman movies when they came out. I think I watched The Dark Knight Rises like three times in theaters. Whoa. Uh, I don't know what was going on with me <laughs> back then. Yeah, that's But a... I, I just felt a desire to like bring friends and be like, let's watch this. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I liked Inception when it came out. I haven't seen it since. And yeah, I think he's he has some audacity is what I think. That's <laughs> true. The man but I is... generally have a good time. The man is nothing if not audacious. Really yeah, true. totally. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. And I... bodacious. Stop it, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> 
Christopher Nolan, I saw the Batman movie on a date in middle school. It was Ooh. it the was Batman cool. Movie. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up, Christopher. Um, and then I saw Inception and had a panic attack during it. Yeah. Um, and I was yeah. like, well, this guy's interesting, I guess. Um, and now it was a talking point when we first met because we both like his movies you more so than me but that's okay then i watched this and i felt deeply and personally offended that <laughs> christopher nolan was like what if hey babe what if time <laughs> i will say you are skipping one we did see dunkirk in theaters which <gasps> features did. another one of your boys oh my god oh, true. Yeah. fuck that movie was so good mm-hmm. if there's something christopher nolan knows it's how to get ali's boys that's mm-hmm. true you know it's really <laughs> he's like what about these white boys though <laughs> yeah <laughs> you watching any christopher nolan dude it's like oh my god my favorite white boy <laughs> You could just have a bingo of white boys. Listen, yeah. people have a lot of issues with Chris Nolan as a filmmaker, but you cannot deny that he brings all the boys to the yard. That's it's true. You're not true. wrong. Yeah. You're yeah. not wrong. And for that, we are thankful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I completely agree. If I'm not mistaken, isn't Elliot Page in Inception too? Elliot not- Page plays a major role in Inception. Okay, yes. that's right. Yeah, see, all my favorite white boys. <laughs> they're just... Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. They're all in there. I love that so much. We do have a couple of current events before we get into this fucking film. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a choice. Would you like to do a Penn Badgley corner? Absolutely, I can. Boop, 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 boop. It's Penn Badgley corner. (laughs) (laughs) Our favorite small king. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is doing a auction of himself and his free time, 30 minutes of (laughs) his time, in a Zoom call with... Himself and what this article from uh, Buzz.ie identifies as three lucky individuals. So get ready. Uh, The bid does end before this episode comes out, so sorry. (laughs) So really you're getting 10 minutes if you're lucky. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad that there's someone who is practical here. Here's what I'll say. I imagine most people are like myself right now where you are just very tired of Zoom calls. You don't yeah. give a shit anymore, and that's really fair. I feel like this is the exception. Yeah? Right? I, Not inception. Fuck. Words are hard. Um, <laughs> I feel like I would be very curious to know what he's doing. I want to hear more about his band. I want to know about yes. his baby. Tell me yeah. all of it. I think I'm in the opposite, where I can't think of someone I want to spend less time on Zoom with than <laughs> Penn Badgley. What about Penn Badgley's vibe does not give you, oh, I want to talk to this man for 10 to 30 minutes. Honestly, I am the sort of person where I don't want to talk to any celebrity ever. I don't want... There are. If I was ever in a room with Christopher Nolan, I'd just, like, I'd be very scared. I don't know what I can ask Mm -hmm. him that he has not been asked by 2,000 other sweaty white boys. Like, it's just... (laughs) I don't want to waste his time like that. I just want to talk to him, you know? Just, like, turn on your location. I just yeah, have a couple right. of questions. You want to threaten Square me. up, Penn. What's up? <laughs> Never Penn, just Nolan. I just have questions. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. That And maybe just talk to Penn Badgley about his hair care routine, but, like, that's about it. Yeah. That's that's a worthy question, for sure. What's the I breakdown? Agree. Not What's from, like, a routine? stalker sense. I just am genuinely curious. Like, let's just yeah. talk product. <laughs> that's all. Just a brief mention of this, because I I know myself and I know that I could quickly turn this podcast into a, an album review, which is nothing. Um, <laughs> but those folks, some might call them Swifties, you know, 
that enjoy Taylor Swift's music might have noticed in her latest music video that her interpretation of the Reputation era in the Willow music video included, y'all, it included the Volturi. I'm just saying. So. (laughs) Um, And that is amazing on several different levels. One, because the idea that Taylor Swift is in the Volturi confirmed now is a choice. But also, knowing her history with Taylor Lautner, it's just like all the red string is there. Yeah. It's all connected. Listen, if any celebrity or pop star was secretly a vampire, I would for sure bet my money on Taylor Swift. It is one. Everyone says Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, I feel like, is the played out option. It's it too is easy. Taylor too Swift. easy. Taylor Swift, for like a year, was not just not visible to the public. <laughs> All the news outlets are like, oh my God, she goes through men so fast. Maybe that's because their blood gets boring. Have you thought of that? Listen, the math checks out here, I think. <laughs> And someone who has little understanding of Taylor Swift and her whole oeuvre, I think that's a fair (laughs) assumption to make. I'm just saying it all checks out and people should be more concerned than they are. But that's okay. I'll leave those conspiracy theories for fucking Swift TikTok to deal with. Yeah. They can figure that stuff out more than I can. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to talk about Tenet? I have needed to... Purge this movie from my soul since uh, Labor Day. <laughs> That's honestly really fair. <laughs> yes. I Just a little like behind the curtain for our listeners. Chris and I have not talked about this movie. We watched it last night and mm-hmm. I made a point to be like, I don't want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about it on the show. Yes. So I was just like furiously adding notes while I was watching. There, there were a, there was a moment that occurred as they were setting up the art heist that you looked at me as to pause and just dead in the eyes with all sincerity asked, what is going on? (laughs) And I, in that moment, had a decision to make because this was not my first time seeing Tenet. I am that asshole. I went out and saw this in theaters Like, against a lot of, you know, you know, well, decisions, but, uh... Can I personally thank you for single-handedly saving cinema? (laughs) Yes, I know. Please don't give him the ego boost. I fixed the problem. You are all welcome. You went once, problem solved. Warren N95 mask went on a Tuesday afternoon. There was no one else in the theater. It was fine. Anyways, to me, part of the Tenet experience... This is also why I initially didn't want to turn on subtitles at the beginning. I was so furious with you. You were like, what if we just don't? Because <laughs> to me, part of this movie is like fucking struggling to figure out what's going on and then just piecing it together with your own, you know, the the breadcrumbs that you bring to the table. I had, we had the subtitles on. It took a long time because we had the DVD version and apparently the DVD version is like, fuck you. <laughs> but we paused. I think it was to go to the bathroom. And it, we were an hour and 50 minutes in. And I looked at Christopher and I said, honest to God, what the fuck is happening? Yes. And then we he answered my essential question. And then I looked back at the screen and it said, we had an hour left. Yes. <laughs> and, and the movie just kept going. And it did kept, keep going. And like, I, I explained the plot and then basically said like, the craziest part is there's an hour left and the most buck wild elements of this movie haven't even come into play yet. You hadn't even seen the 
fucking scepter of sculptures <laughs> that construct the algorithm to end time. That's true. That hadn't even entered the movie yet. That's true. I think we had only heard uh, that temporal pincer thing once, and I just like did a spit take. I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about? These are just fake words. Listen, it's a temporal pincer move that everyone knows. Everyone gets <sighs> oh it. Oh my god. Yeah. There's, so, obviously, we watched this for Robert. Yes. And... Based on the conversation that we both had yesterday, Cody, I imagine you are as confused as me. I am, yeah, I am 100% confused. <laughs> like, cool. I did do some Wikipedia reading, whatever. But also, I think that's fucking stupid that I even have to do that to after watching, fully engrossing myself in a movie. I completely agree. And being like, well, and that's not to say, like, I don't like challenging movies or I don't like movies that are inherently confusing or puzzling or have something you have to figure out but nolan just did that for no fucking reason i completely agree it's just was it like fun i had kind of a fun time there there was fun that i had (laughs) that sounds like i'm being held hostage but it's not. not i did have a good time but also it just felt like i'm watching christopher nolan jerk off in front of everyone i agree i agree. just I agree. to be like i am very cool and smart for making this and you are dumb for not getting it because i will not <laughs> bridge the gap in any conceivable way here I is my very big very audacious movie that only i get to make no one else yes. gets to <laughs> yeah, make seriously. any sort of original movie that isn't based off of a comic book or a fucking you know old commercial these days but he's just like no they gave me 700 million dollars i crashed right. a 747 into an airport for real Jesus. okay and Can uh, we talk about and the, and the story is just yeah you kind of figure it out and like that wasn't Listen, even the big moment oh yeah that no. wasn't even like yeah of course it's like important to the plot two. but like it wasn't the biggest deal. That looked so real. Oh, yeah. And when I found uh, out it was real, I was like, sir, what are you talking about? That was, that was a, a major factor in my notes because I was crying laughing <laughs> at that sequence because it just, it was insane. Like, it was just this giant fucking plane going over every conceivable car in the parking lot in which there were hundreds, it looked <laughs> there were like. so and many. It, and it went on for so long. As it's just <laughs> pissing gold down the runway. And like, and at yeah, first bars it was of gold. Slow. Just, yeah. At first it was slow. I was like, ooh, a slow plane. And then it got yeah. faster. <laughs> and then it just kept crashing into stuff. It was beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that is, that was very ballsy. Speaking about a good time, though, we need to talk about this cast. Yes. Because... I found out, I also had to do a lot of Wikipediaing last night to try and figure out what the fuck was happening in this movie. <laughs> and I found out after that it took Nolan 20 years to do this. He wrote the script for like five years. What the fuck? But then the casting, he just kind of left up to chance. He was like, oh, watched Black Klansman? Perfect. John David Washington. Yeah. I watched Good Time? Perfect. Our path's going to be great in this. Oh my God. I watched what was it, Widows? Widows, yeah. That Elizabeth mm-hmm. Debicki was in. And then apparently he watched fucking Harry Potter to get Fleur Delacour in this as well, which wow. kind of freaked my bean. <laughs> and uh, fucking Kenneth Branagh, who's... I don't know who that is. I, he is the mean Russian. He is also the villain of Chamber of Secrets. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, the crossovers. And the director of <laughs> Thor. Sure. 
Well, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that a he's lot of He's also the best actor in this movie. He went so hard in Yeah, the he really went off. He's He is the one person who realizes that this whole movie is just a weird Bond pastiche, and he is playing mm. a fucking 80s era Russian supervillain on a quest to destroy time so no one else can have his hot, tall wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, same. I would also yeah. go to lengths to make sure that Elizabeth Debicki was safe. Most of my notes were a combination of a lot of question marks and also a lot of these people are hot and it's hard to focus. That's fair. So I will say too on that like like pastiche kind of thing like I was very much hoping this would like lean into more of like the Bond stuff or like even just like a Mission Impossible kind mm-hmm. of vibe. Like I thought we were just gonna like have big guns, attractive people, things are gonna go explode and we'd have a great time. And I was like, this is just trying so hard and it's trying to take itself so seriously while also all that stuff is happening, but not enough to be like, this is like really leaning into like a ridiculous like Tom Cruise kind of bit. Like I it just I, felt so weirdly in between those two things. I'm like, I don't know which we wanna be yeah. on. Like I will say, I think if I have a problem with this movie, I (laughs) I think it is John David Washington as the protagonist. And that's just his- I am the protagonist! That is his titled name (laughs) in the screenplay and all of the fan fiction. And, uh, yeah, there, it's never really explained why he doesn't have a name, and it's also never really explained why he doesn't have a personality, or any sort yeah. of, you know, listen, I also loved Black Klansman, came out of it thinking, oh, John David Washington, there's someone to look out for. Mm-hmm. He just brings nothing to this movie, and I firmly believe you could cast anyone else as the protagonist and odds are it's a better movie i'm so glad Mm. that you brought this up because i found out after watching this movie that john david washington was keeping up a diary with backstory about the protagonist Mm -hmm. and i was like whoa that's i love actors i love film yeah um (laughs) but also the amount of times that i looked over at chris when we were watching this last night and i was like but what's his name why do the (laughs) subtitles keep saying protagonist what's his name and chris was like "Mm." I guess you'll find out. Not helpful. You you never find out. I will say, he does add something to this movie, which I very much appreciate, which is every once in a while, he'll just start doing pull-ups in just a random (laughs) precarious place. And it happens multiple times throughout this movie, and it's never not great. Like, it's just like, oh, cool. It's my my fucking pull-up break. I just get a little, like... I love that. A minute of just relaxation with my boy, just doing pull-ups off a boat or in a weird precarious ladder in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Like, great. Why not? I love it. One of my favorite movements, like, physical moments in this movie with John David Washington is when they are, like, bungee jumping, but backwards or whatever the fuck. And they just, like, jump onto a building. Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorite (laughs) moments. That was a great, that was a great time. (laughs) But again, could have been anyone. I will say that during a lot of his acting moments, specifically with Priya, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He sounds so much like his dad. Uh, Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Why am I now blinking on his name as I was about to explain? (laughs) That he is the son of Denzel Washington, yes. (laughs) The Washington? (laughs) The the George Washington? No, never. (sighs) Yes, there were a lot of moments while I was watching this and I was like, damn, I really want to watch Remember the Titans. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a different problem, I guess. Can we talk about the multiple times in which the phrase 
we live in a twilight world is okay uttered. yes what the, the first time the, the first sentence even spoken i about shit bricks <laughs> i could not believe that nolan personally looked me in the face and was like hey we're gonna have several twilight references in this but it's also gonna be about time so good fucking luck <laughs> like yeah. no they say it so many times god it pisses me off listen there yeah. are no friends at dusk you know like, listen, we all get it. Whitman, he's cool or whatever. But stop right. it. <laughs> Knock it off. Knock it off. Speaking of which, we should probably talk about Robert and his scarf. Oh, yes. And his beautiful hair. And his just good time looking blonde hair. Just like, but the way, like, the cut is very nice. Like, and it's always just moving in the wind in some sort of way. It's just lovely. It's just a great, I just love looking at him the whole time. Me too. There was one moment in the beginning where he was wearing the most ill-fitting suit I've ever seen on a man <laughs> in my entire life. But after that, everything else was smooth sailing. But I was very concerned. I'm like, I will not, I can't watch this for I two and a half hours. I can't, I can't do big suit rock. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> At least not in a fucking Bond movie. I could do right, Big yeah. Suit Rob in other things, but sure. not this. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought he could play David Byrne. That lines up. Oh, okay. No. Listen. You okay. set Cody off. You said the wrong words. <laughs> now that's fun. That's a fun idea. I would love that. Here's what I'll say about Neil's character. One, mm. he's enigmatic as fuck, which annoys me because... Just tell me your business. Why are you here? Why do you know so much? Why do you have a master's in physics who does that? <laughs> and also, by the end of it, I was like, oh, well, they're date. They're dating. They're dating. They're boyfriends. They're boyfriends. <laughs> and the way that it ends with Neil being like, mm, um, I had you in the past and now you're going to have me in the future. I was like, okay, time traveler's wife. I love yeah. this shit. What is this? I, I was going to say, like, your penance for time travel romance movies, Tenet really should be right up your alley. Because this agree. movie is front to back an unintentional gay romance. I know! Which yeah, is a... Absolutely. Which is a recurrent theme throughout Nolan's works, mainly because he does not know how to write female characters. Oh my- mm-hmm. There's a wide array of fan fiction you can find online for just about any Nolan film of <laughs> all of the... all of the ships that are so clearly written into the text, but are not in the text at all. I agree. I'm so glad that you brought that up about women's characters. Because, hey, Nolan, (laughs) I know that you're listening to this. So, what's up? First of all. Hi. Cool name. (laughs) Second of all, why the fuck did you, the only thing that you got out of fucking Widows was Elizabeth Debicki only plays really well in movies when she's a sad, abused wife. Nolan, what the fuck? Have you ever seen this woman? Let her live. Let her not be sad for once. (laughs) Please. I don't know how much better this movie would be if was, if Dubicki was the protagonist. Oh if she my was God. just so much cooler. Just a tall woman beating up people in a kitchen. Just That's all I want. Oh God. Yeah. That kitchen scene was super cool. First of all, yeah. give Elizabeth Dubicki a break. She's always in sad movies and she deserves to have a good time. <laughs> I agree. That's what she deserves. And two, I feel like all that no one took from the hashtag let De- Elizabeth Debicki be tall discourse <laughs> that was going on Twitter for a while now was like, bet I'm going to have her in my movie and she's going to be tall and that's it. And that's <laughs> like, it. She's going to be sad. She's going to be abused. She's going to say not a lot and she's going to be pretty and tall. She's going to be tall. I just wonder what yeah. would happen if the version that male directors have of Elizabeth Debicki and the version that male directors have about 
fucking Michelle Williams, if those two women met in a box, if they would just be like magnets and corrode each other. They would do, <laughs> They would just both keep crying until they drowned each other. It just <laughs> That's kind it of wouldn't be words. It would just be sobs. <laughs> oh my god. I will say too, while I love, and obviously this is a gay movie, but <laughs> but the chemistry between John David Washington and Elizabeth Debicki, with Elizabeth Debicki being so much taller than him, Ugh. really lit a fire in me. <laughs> in I didn't I know I needed describe, it. But it was so, mm, I loved it. I loved it every so brief fleeting moment of that there was. <laughs> I just want her to be tall. And just be powerful and strong. Yeah. Or even, she doesn't even need to be powerful. Like, not all women characters need to be strong, but just like, don't let her get hit. Yeah. She can hit people. <laughs> She's taller than people. Don't let her get yeah. hit. I just, it makes me so mad. I will say, she fucking whips Kenneth Branagh at the end of this, though. That's, she oh, just. It does, like, her height becomes an, an actual, yeah. <laughs> like, plot point that is she, important, you know? She ganks him and then just titanics him off that boat <laughs> uh-huh. to when he just conks up against the railing. Oh my and god. It is so good. Delightful. So good. Off of a sunscreen slip and slide. <laughs> That moment when Kenneth, brought, well, it's not him, but like when his character just smacks up against the mm-hmm. boat was powerful. Yeah. There's a lot happening there. I feel like we should probably talk about the car scene because, oh, what is <laughs> happening there? Why? There, because I think based on what I got from the trailer, there were like three main, th- like big action moments that happen in this. One where it mm-hmm. starts in the opera house. Mm-hmm. The second in the cars where they go zoom zoom, but bad. <laughs> and then the, um, the weird moment at the end when the building blows up, but it doesn't, but it also blows up. Uh, yeah, so yeah. The, the battlefield sequence. Yeah. yeah. Where it just, it turns into a game of Team Fortress. Like, it it's really just, does. There's a red team, there's a blue team, but they're not fighting each other. They're fighting <laughs> mysterious Russians. Who control time? Who want to end time. Right. <laughs> because my the future bad. is Sorry. very bad. And we have to reverse uh, polarity so that time reverses itself. I just, listen, I love sci-fi, okay? I love it when people make up shit. But <laughs> you're just, these are just fake words. And I wish that no one would just acknowledge that, like, what is entropy really? What is time really? But he took it in the sense of like, instead of providing definitions, he was like, what if I make it more fucked up? Yeah. Actually. And yeah. that hurts me as someone who cannot understand time to begin with. Here's the thing too, like he he does like have an establishing scene, right? Where it's like, here are kind of the rules of the thing. Like, like, mm-hmm. like the bullets and the guns True. or whatever. And you get like a very basic idea of like oh it's like you know it's inverted and it's going like, like there's here's all the ways that it works or whatever you but have that to is like this, it right yeah but that is the smallest scale version of an example yeah. and that and john david washington immediately is like got it i can use this for <laughs> everything i can use this in any conceivable way and you're like wait so you're and while watching it you're like how like you're tr- trying to do fucking mental gymnastics to be like how is i have to think of this backwards like i have to like think of the cause and effect and fucking whatever like and it's just like uh i don't think i got from a to b here i think there's a bit of a jump <laughs> a especially that jump. happens an hour into the movie mm-hmm. before the movie yeah. goes back like before they go back in yeah, time before the movie right. uh starts over but in reverse right yeah right. my my favorite part of that whole sequence where he's talking to the scientist is there's a moment where the scientist is just like, don't think about it too hard, just feel it. Yeah. And it is, it's literally the same thing as in Austin Powers 3 yes. when Basil looks at the camera and it was like, 
don't think about it too hard. And then they just do time travel. Like, that should have been on every poster for yeah. this fucking movie. Like, Tenet, that is don't the think thesis. About it too much. Just yeah. don't think about it. Just, You'll probably have fun. Like, just don't. The second you think about it, you're like, well. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing of like, why I kind of think this movie ultimately works is Mm. if you bring just enough of what you expect out of a Chris Nolan movie to it, it's like, okay, I know I'm going to be a little bit confused and there's going to be big set pieces. It delivers both of those in spades where it's like, Mm. okay, here's a cool concept. I don't necessarily follow the grander I don't necessarily follow all of the recursive timelines that are being constructed (laughs) or how the first scene of this movie canonically takes place at the end of the movie. But you trust that it's like, this probably makes sense. Someone on Reddit (laughs) has composed a graph that I can look at later where it'll make sense. And they have. So if you want to understand it, you can sit down, do the research and make it work. But if you just want to sit down in the theater and... uh, just see things blow up while Travis Scott goes, whoa, 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 in your ear a lot. That's also there. That's also your choice, you know? I'm glad I didn't see it in a theater, obviously for a lot of reasons, but like from what I heard of anyone who watched it in a theater, they're like, the audio in this is, what? What's going on? And like, there's definitely that in the mix across all platforms. But if I had that fucking surround sound as shit, like- fucking in a movie theater i think i might have died in it like I think yes i, I, I don't know agree. if i would have made it out of there. this movie this movie like cracked my back a little just yes! in that imax surround <laughs> sound just yeah. like the qualm God. is like you can just you hear vertebrae popping and it's yeah. like you walk out a new man <laughs> okay so this is fucked up so the score of this literally raised my blood pressure when yeah. we were watching it i was so stressed out and then it wasn't until i googled it later that i think figured out that Ludwig, who's the composer for this, like he recorded the orchestra front ways and back. What is that called? He recorded it both traditionally and also had them play the same score reversed. And Ugh. then he reversed the recording. Oh my so God. <laughs> it's backwards people playing real music. Oh, if, I will say, even if you have zero interest in watching Tenet, you should listen to the score sometime yeah. because it is... Just the, I honestly think the best expression of the weird fucked up time scale shit that Nolan is attempting in this movie. Much like Dunkirk, the score is kind of the actually great part of the whole thing. That is what is actually pushing you through this whole uh, two and a half hour experience. But it's, uh, it is just that perfect sense of just like, no matter what you are doing, the tenant score will make it feel like, oh, everything is at stake here. All of time is falling apart. And it's just, it whips. It is. It's it's very very interesting. I think I personally expected when we first started watching this, I falsely assumed that it was Hans Zimmer because Christopher Nolan and Hans Zimmer Mm -hmm. work together all the time. But when I was reading the Wikipedia afterward, it said Nolan couldn't work with Hans Zimmer because he was working on Dune. Sad face. Mm -hmm. So so I had to get Ludwig Jorgensen, I think it is, who has, and just for a brief moment, I just want to touch on this man's discography, because you told me, Chris, that he worked on Black Panther, and that's why Nolan uh, started to work with him. That was the thing I mostly knew him from. Right, which makes complete sense. But when you look at this man's discography, can I just say that he worked on Jennifer's body, first of all. Thank you. (laughs) He also worked on Creed. Which, okay. sure, great. Yeah. Black Panther, which everyone knows him for. Um, and also, 
here's the two twists that I love about this complex man. Uh, Venom and <laughs> Trolls World Tour. <laughs> okay. So connecting a lot of dots. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of just prime very cinema experiences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it a lot of stuff that raises my blood pressure, but for different ways, mm. I will say. Very powerful man. But yeah, the music is haunting. I love it, but I also hate it. And that makes me sad. Uh, <laughs> I will say that that Travis Scott song came like a fucking punch to the gut at the end oh of that God. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because I always associate him with falling during his concert. Yeah. And so every time I hear Travis Scott try to actually be an artist, it is always wild to me. And it is because it is basically him just wrapping the plot of the movie. Yes. Like it is, again, either a very old Bond film or just right. fucking Deep Blue Sea, where he's just like talking about like everything's inverted, breaking into, you know, fucking free ports. It's so good. This is a... I think part of the reason that I am just, like, when we watched this last night, I had the biggest grin on my face the entire time. You were so just happy. Just like, oh, uh, I am powerless to what this movie is putting out. And I think it's because there's a part of me that it's like, if I was a kid and I just happened upon this at, like, t- if this was just playing on TNT or something, mm-hmm. and even if you just come in halfway through, it's like, I have no idea what's going on. But just the audacity of this film is mm-hmm. present in absolutely every moment. It's true. And I think that is ultimately the thing I come to Chris Nolan for, is I come to him sure. for his weird eccentricities and his shortcomings. Like, this makes me appreciate the fact that it's like, you know, I don't think I'd love this as much if the whole time travel thing was clearly explained. I feel like <laughs> right. it yeah. is better off for kind of just being left up to user interpretation. I completely agree. Also, I did just want to get your opinion on this. Do you think that the end of this movie sets up for a sequel? Because I have, I was confused by the end for a lot of different reasons. But I'm also curious, Cody, do you think that like, did it give off sequel vibes to you at the end? I don't think so. I didn't get that when I was watching it. But I would, I would love a little fucking like sidebar of just like their fucking 30 years of like hanging out and being buds. Because that is the space where it's like if Nolan did want to canonize, you know, that pairing, which I will tell you now, the fan fiction community has dubbed Protagonial. Oh, oh shit. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, because there is something very genuinely tragic and romantic about that setup just this idea of you have met the love of your life you've seen him die and now you're about to meet him for the first time and literally why the time traveler's wife is one of my favorite books of (laughs) all time i love that so that is like that good shit to Mm me Mm -hmm. (sighs) god i I think about like that is that is one of the main things i got out of this movie is i'm like damn i really want to see robert and John Stephen Washington do more so together. They make me happy. <laughs> I'd like to see them kiss. I would like to see them kiss. <laughs> Your Honor, I would. I would. <laughs> I would also like to see them kiss, but I want them to do it on like a boat that's exploding or something. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the fellas, I want them to do you it know, while fighting a shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this movie is so ridiculous. Not to mention, and this is the last thing I think I want to say about it, is can we talk about that fight scene that happened backwards mm. two times? Yeah, yeah, where it's just John David Washington fighting himself and also kind of just <laughs> holding himself up doing weird flips. I just oh. cannot imagine how the actual filming over the three months of this took worked. Where 
Christopher Nolan was just like, just hear me out. It's going to be great. Guys, guys. Like, I, <laughs> I have to imagine <laughs> every day in a production meeting, he just pulled out some action figures and just like, okay, now he's going to go like this and going to do this sort of flip. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. And it's like everyone on set is like, fuck it. He made Inception. This will probably work. <laughs> and just really carrying it on the fact that it's like, if this was a bad idea, Warner Brothers wouldn't have given him this much money, right? And right. the answer it's is like... It's too late to return it, so <laughs> yeah. I think we'll just ride this out. Yeah, <laughs> committed. Yeah, I feel like the only way to use this money properly is to get four real planes instead of miniatures <laughs> and just fuck around with them a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Just see what happens. See what their vibe is. God, this movie is weird. I'm very curious to know what other people's thoughts on this are going to be. Oh, yeah. Because I'm just now starting to see, like, think pieces come out about it. Yeah, I am. A part of me is weirdly relieved that this did not get, like, a traditional big wide release in a time when a pandemic was going on. Mm Because I get the sense a lot of people would have gone and just gotten the vibe of, like, "Eh, I don't get it. I don't love it. And now there's this weird sense of, like, if you want to see Tenet, you really have to do the fucking work. Right. Either, like, I drove two hours out of my way to see this at an IMAX theater. I bought N95 masks, and it was just like, okay, I, I've i been in quarantine for six months. I need to feel like something in my life has progressed from something I am looking forward to to something that has actually happened. So... Mm-hmm. Went, saw this movie, I was like, okay, I did it. There's now nobody else who did the same thing, so <laughs> I guess I just have to keep this to myself. Yes. And so that is partially why I am glad I was brought on the pod today to just to just get some of this out, to fully... And now we can never talk about it. Yeah, and, and now it will be sealed away for an <laughs> undisclosed amount of time until people in the future open it in the crystalline castles and all of time ends. <laughs> Because that's the thing, is once we're done recording this podcast, then it goes into the record, then at any point someone in the future could listen to this, call <laughs> it back, and then John David Washington will walk in right now and be like, stop. Oh. Like, whoa. If any of my actions require John David Washington coming in and saying stop, then I need to reevaluate. Yeah, what mistake oh my God, could you here. possibly make? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Cody, what did you do? <laughs> no, no. Oh, fuck. I okay. thought falsely when we watched this movie. I was like, oh, it'll be such a great break from the host. <laughs> and now I'm more confused. And that's a problem. But next week, we get back chapters 9 and 10 of the host. Hell yeah. And it's, listen, we're, we're coming. It's the end of the year. We're just going to fucking make it work. I don't know what's going on in the host, but we'll make it work. We're going to keep on trucking and pretend like we do. (laughs) It's true. We have a whole bunch of patrons to be able to thank today. Am I allowed to get up very close to the mic ASMR style? Uh, Maybe. Shout out Althea Johnson. Good work. Stop. Stop. Oh, no. Oh, I forgot that. Oh, I forgot that. Listen, keep in mind, these people are paying for this. <laughs> they are. So you better fucking thank make it worth it every time. <laughs> um, thank you to Mallory Hardwick. Thank you. Stop it. Shout out Katie Black. Oh, um, thank you to Kylie Minty. Oh, Minty. Stop. Shout out Elizabeth James. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Thank you to Just Love. You Woo. did it. <laughs> Shout out Alex Dornan. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. Um, thank you to Carrie Goldberg. Woo. 
Shout out, Mickey Meyer. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to Zoe Steele. Ow. Thank you for the money. <laughs> Shout out, Rebecca Cullen. You opened your wallet so You're wide. so close to Mike. The amount of people that are going to either, this is going to be really their thing, or they're going to find out it's not their thing. So, uh, listen, I, you know, I, I know we're not at promos yet, but like, I would like to now announce my ASMR only fans. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> God. This is my hell. Thank you to Amy Taylor. Shout out, Molt Gray. Mouch. Thank you to our unofficial intern, Taylor uh, Brown, uh, Town uh, Lautner, uh, who still uh. makes TikToks that really concern me. I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> Shout out, Danae Swan. Thank you to Aaron Weber. Shout out to Gwen Stanley. Thank you to my mom, Kelly Beck. Ow! We love you and appreciate you. Shout out Aaron Salinger. <laughs> Thank you to Sophia Salinger. No relation, but also last name. <laughs> Shout out India Peach. <laughs> Thank you to Jay Molina. Ow! Ow. Shout out to Casey Yorkie. <laughs> okay, so... I asked Chris about a week ago if he was going to get fan fiction because we have backups. We can use them. And what did you say to me, Chris? I said I already have AO3 opened up. Like, <laughs> I... I, If only I knew that I could have just tapped into your resources for the past four years to find fan fiction. <laughs> that would have saved me so much time. So, Christopher, what did you bring to the space today? Uh, so I have an excerpt from a uh, fan fiction titled Day Off. And I am going to hand you an excerpt. No, you have to read it. I thought this worked how you read it. Nope. No, you... (laughs) No, you have to read it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm more excited for you to hear this. Okay. Who is it by? It is by Bishniz. Look at how this is spelled. I don't know what the appropriate pronunciation is. Yeah, I think Bishniz is Bishniz. Actually published on October 18th, one day before my birthday. So wow, happy just belated birthday to you, babe. All right, great. Neil melted below him already, eyes closed as he let out a guttural, dirty moan. <laughs> he always forgot just how amazing it felt when he entered in for the first time in a while, like two lost lovers becoming whole again. <laughs> it was rare they could do this often due to how busy and stressful they were. Even though they were on missions together often, there was always work to be done before the fun could begin. But it just meant that times like these were even better. They could sneak in a handy in their hotel rooms after a mission, or blowjobs in the cupboards between meetings. But this? This was something else entirely. God, Neil, you're always so tight for me, the protagonist murmured out, pressing a kiss to his neck as he let them pause to breathe a second. Neil wrapped his arms around his neck, pulling him in for a gentle, passionate kiss. I bloody love you, you know, he whispered in his charming English accent. The protagonist felt an overwhelming warmth blossom in his chest as he pecked his lips. Enough of the sap. Fuck me till I can't walk, Neil stated. (laughs) Is that it? That is it. Wow. Snaps. Snaps. That was beautiful. (laughs) Oh my god, Christopher. Wow. Who is it hot in here? Is it just me? <laughs> oh, no, it's not just you. Um, wow. Okay. Great job, first Thank of you. all. Yes. 
Thank you for finding that. Also, um, where can folks support you online? Uh, so aside from your fucking fake ASMR OnlyFans, yeah. <laughs> listen, I <laughs> listen. I'll hijack this feed later to promote the ASMR OnlyFans when that goes no. up. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, just follow me on Twitter at chrisberg25. Berg spelled B E R G. This has been a joy to mm-hmm. have you on the pod instead of just yelling when you're upstairs doing dishes or something (laughs) for an hour uh pretending that i'm not just screaming downstairs um let's never do this again (laughs) i mean until robert pattinson is in another christopher nolan project that's really fair until he discovers the power of Kristen stewart oh god oh god (laughs) i don't even want to talk about it well this has been a blast and as we say here in the pacific northwest get bit and get whipped Woo! Into the Twilight is an Earbud Media production. Our theme music is by Eli Krauss, and our artwork is by Maddie Padilla. Follow the show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash intothetwilight. Send us an email or a fanfiction at intothetwilightshow at gmail.com. You can find Allie at Into Wild Places and me at Cody Crow. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.